Greetings, this is podcast number 93 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today, we're going to discuss another example of the right wing letting their ideology trump science and in the process increase human misery, suffering, pain, and death. It concerns microwave popcorn of all things. You wouldn't think manufacturing popcorn would be a dangerous job that could severely injure or even kill you. Well, think again. And how about you eating that popcorn? Has the right allowed some hidden danger to remain in the finished product? Let's get right into it. My sources are a long feature article by Stephen Labaton in the New York Times, a New York Times editorial and letters to the editor, defendscience.org, and Dictionary.com. Eric Peoples was 27 years old when he started work at a microwave popcorn plant in Jasper, Missouri in 1997, when he quickly got a promotion from his $6-an-hour assembly line to the $11-an-hour mixing room. He was thrilled! He'd be preparing ingredients and nearly doubling his salary. What a lucky break! Unfortunately, t'was not so. Just ten months afterwards, the disease hit him. Eric Peoples started out with fever and chills. Doctors misdiagnosed his condition as pneumonia. Then a specialist said it was asthma, but still he didn't respond to treatment. Peoples developed breathing problems and was hospitalized in St. Louis. Days of testing followed. The accurate diagnosis? Something called bronchiolitis obliterans. How bad was it? As Mr. Peoples lamented, quote, my lung capacity had dropped to 18%, close quote. The prognosis was grim. There is no cure for the disease, which is often fatal. In order to survive, peoples would probably need a double lung transplant. Now the plot thickens. Co-workers of Mr. Peoples were suffering from similar symptoms. The son of one of them showed their medical records to a Dr. Alan Parmet, who specializes in occupational hazards. Said Dr. Parmet, quote, It took me about 15 or 20 minutes to see there was a pattern, close quote. This condition just doesn't appear for no reason. In two decades of medical practice, Dr. Parmet had only seen three other cases. Dr. Parmet alerted the Missouri Department of Health, which passed on the information to two Washington agencies, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, NIOSH and the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA. The evidence passed on included the fact that not only nine current workers had these symptoms, but 20 to 30 retired workers as well. The common thread, quote, all had been exposed to vapors from diacetyl, close quote. What's that? Diacetyl is a naturally occurring compound in dairy products. What it was being used for here is to add a buttery taste to the microwave popcorn. It's also used as a flavoring agent in many other foods, such as snacks and pastries. This was the first time the worker safety folks in Washington had heard of a problem with diacetyl, so they sprang to work. At least NIOSH did. That agency sent scientists to the Jasper factory where they examined the injured workers, And then in September of 2001, NIOSH issued a bulletin stating that the factory had experienced a, quote, 
work-related cause of lung disease, close quote. After further investigation in December 2003, the agency alerted more than 4,000 businesses, employing tens of thousands of workers, suggesting safeguards they should take. Before we go on, a bit about this bronchiolitis obliterans disease. What a nasty name! Obliterans, obliterate! Here's the formal definition from the Merriam-Webster Medical Dictionary, quote, a pathological process producing obstruction of the bronchioles due to inflammation and fibrosis and occurring as a complication of various lung conditions, as some forms of pneumonia, or physiological insults, such as inhalation of a toxic substance. Close quote. Obliterans obliterate the bronchioles, the air pathways to your lungs. You can't draw air. You can't breathe. Not good. Back to the story. So NIOSH sends out a strong warning. But all it can do is warn. OSHA is supposed to set standards and enforce them. But as reporter Labatan puts it in a bit of understatement, quote, OSHA's response was more limited, close quote. I would say it was a criminally cursory response. Uh, let's see what they did. OSHA waited three years to send an inspector to the plan, and that genius of science didn't test the air. His reason? He said the plant's insurance company had conducted air sampling there four years earlier. Huh? Over a year later, prodded by a complaint filed by the attorney for ill workers, OSHA sent another inspector. He was just as bad as, if not worse, than the first one. He conducted a 40-minute inspection and then utilized some catch-22 reasoning, quote. Another inspector was dispatched to conclude that even if there was a problem, nothing could be done. Why? Because a standard defining safe limits for diacetyl had never been written by OSHA, close quote. Since then, OSHA has not exactly been busy on the diacetyl front, quote, since the first outbreak, OSHA has inspected three food and flavoring plants for links to popcorn workers' lung and issued one citation, according to records provided to public health experts under the Freedom of Information Act. Close quote. Talk about foot dragging. As you might imagine, public health experts are aghast. But OSHA's egregious conduct is not due to laziness or being overwhelmed with other more pressing health hazards. Dr. David Michaels is an epidemiologist and occupational health expert at George Washington University and is well published in the field of workplace safety. He said, quote, Here you have one federal agency, NIOSH, doing a great job exploring the science behind a problem, and a second agency, OSHA, which is supposed to be moving forward with enforcement and standard setting, and they are not. The people at OSHA have no interest in running a regulatory agency. If they ever knew how to issue regulations, they've forgotten. The concern about protecting workers has gone out the window. Close quote. The concern about protecting workers has gone out the window. It's not just about the popcorn. Workers at factories producing other food products involving the use of diacetyl have become afflicted with bronchiolitis obliterans. And of course, it's also not just about diacetyl. Vernon Mogensen, an associate professor of political science at Kingsborough Community College, wrote the following in a letter to the editor, quote, 
Labor's movement for safety and health rights was inspired by the civil rights movement of the 1960s and culminated in the passage of the Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1970. For the first time in American history, workers had the right to resist unsafe working conditions, to have OSHA inspect their workplace, and to know if the materials they were working with violated OSHA safety standards. President Bush's voluntary compliance approach is a smokescreen for the evisceration of OSHA. It is tantamount to turning regulatory authority over to business interests, and workers have little choice but to assume the risk of getting injured, ill, or killed on the job. Voluntary compliance is nothing more than the rollback of every American's right to safe and healthful working conditions. Close quote. The evisceration of OSHA, turning regulatory authority over to business interests. Let's take a look at what the Bush administration has done to OSHA. George Bush, in one of the very first things he did when he came into office, signed a repeal of OSHA's ergonomic standard. That standard had been designed to, quote, reduce injuries to factory construction and office workers from repetitive motions and lifting, close quote. Before Bush had even been in office a full year, OSHA withdrew more than a dozen other proposed regulations. In the time period since 2001, OSHA, in addition, quote, killed dozens of existing and proposed regulations, close quote. What it doesn't kill, OSHA delays, even though that agency has repeatedly found that silica dust causes lung cancer and that construction site noise causes hearing loss and that these dangers require new safeguards to be issued, it hasn't done so. OSHA says it's working on them. Meanwhile, nearly three million workers continue to be at risk of getting sick, losing their hearing, even dying. And when it doesn't kill or delay, OSHA goes in the exact opposite direction it's supposed to. It recently loosened the standards on handling explosives. Overall, quote, Since George W. Bush became president, OSHA has issued the fewest significant standards in its history. It has imposed only one major safety rule. The only significant health standard it issued was ordered by a federal court. Close quote. Remember I had that segment back in Podcast 71 about how a doctor with a long history of vehement opposition to birth control for anyone, even married women, was appointed by Bush to head the federal agency responsible for dispensing birth control? With OSHA, it's not quite so bad, but in that ballpark. Bush appointed someone named Edwin Folk last year to run OSHA. Folk proudly proclaims that he is a, quote, true Reagan Republican, close quote, who, quote, firmly believes in limited government, close quote. He worked for a union-busting law firm, headed the Republican Party in South Carolina where he was a top fundraiser, and, get a load of this, led an effort that succeeded in weakening OSHA's enforcement authority. The perfect guy to run OSHA, no? especially if you want to destroy it from within. After a short break, we'll deconstruct the usual varieties of propaganda employed by right-wingers to justify their life-and-limb-imperiling activities. My girlfriend doesn't call people names. She doesn't think that liberals are insane. Not involving by her looks My girl 
One minute voting report. We've been hanging in at number four all week. We may, as I speak, be dropping down to number five. We could use a sudden influx of votes to prevent that and stay at number four. Being so high in the top ten really does get a lot more listeners for Blast the Right than being even at number eight or number nine. So I hope we can stay up there and spread the progressive word ever more widely. Now to you who haven't yet voted, like we said when I was younger, what? Do you want a formal gold-engraved invitation to vote? You do? Okay, email me and I'll send you one. Whatever it takes. And remember that great suggestion by Peter from the UK? Why not put an automatic beginning-of-the-month reminder on your computer? That way you'll be right there where you need to be to vote. However you wind up voting, I do appreciate it. How do right-wingers at OSHA possibly justify their continued failure to do what the law says they must do, develop and enforce standards to protect worker safety and health? Think denials of global warming and casting doubt on the validity of the theory of evolution. Yup, OSHA head Edwin Folk said, quote, The science is murky, close quote, on whether diacetyl causes bronchiolitis obliterans. Industry officials make the same murky science claim. Surprise, surprise. But the fact is, quote, a number of leading scientists and doctors agree with scientists at the National Occupational Safety Institute that there is strong evidence linking the additive to the illness, close quote. Deny the science. Let ideology trump science. Another right-wing defense is to throw up a smokescreen of statistics about something else. In response to a New York Times editorial about the do-nothing OSHA approach to the bronchiolitis obliterans disease, OSHA head Edwin Folk wrote an indignant letter to the editor. In it, he claims that OSHA is doing a better job than ever and cites statistics that the worker injury and fatality rate is the lowest in U.S. history. On that, the rate has been steadily declining since creation of OSHA in 1970. It's despite, not because of OSHA's currently poor efforts, that the rate is now the lowest ever. Plus, you should know, the Bush administration has been fudging the numbers. Quote, Labor leaders and health experts say that those numbers significantly undercount the problem, in part because the Bush administration has reduced the categories of recognized injuries and because many dangerous jobs are now performed by undocumented workers who do not report problems. Experts also cite pressure from insurers and lawsuits, close quote. Anyway, overall stats don't explain the bronchiolitis obliterans in action. The bronchiolitis obliterans in action is totally inconsistent with the great record folk claims. Right-wingers also invent phony programs to avoid carrying out their statutory responsibilities, such as the case with OSHA's Voluntary Compliance Program, which essentially lets industries and individual companies police themselves. 
these voluntary compliance programs only cover less than 1% of the workforce. And only companies with good records are eligible, so the worst companies are left unsupervised. Here's how Peg Seminario, the AFL-CIO's Director of Occupational Safety and Health, put it. Quote, OSHA has been focusing on the best companies in their voluntary protection program while doing nothing in the area of standard setting. They've simply gotten out of the standard setting business in favor of industry partnerships that have no teeth. Close quote. Then, we always have some pure right-wing blather. Check this out from Labor Secretary Elaine Chow speaking to business owners in a 2002 speech. Quote, We're also going to bring a transparency to the regulatory jungle that is unprecedented in the federal government. There are more words in the Federal Register describing OSHA regulations than there are words in the Bible. They're a lot less inspired to read and a lot harder to understand. This is not fair. Close quote. It's not fair. So let's not protect the workers at all. That's the solution. And of course, the Bush administration has been a model of transparency, hasn't it? Perhaps the most telling right-wing excuse is this doozy from Edwin Folk himself. Soon after taking over as head of OSHA, Folk gave a speech he called, Adults Do the Darndest Things. An obvious take on the 50s era Art Linkletter show, Kids Say the Darndest Things. A reference lost on post-baby boomers, perhaps. Now, when he gave the speech, folk made sure to have displayed around him, quote, large posters of workers making dangerous errors, like erecting a tall ladder close to an overhead wire, close quote. Got it? Laurel and Hardy level stuff. Among the gems folk uttered were, quote, kids don't always know what their parents do all day at work, but they instinctively understand the importance of them working safely. In contrast, adults could stand to learn a thing or two. Looking at the posters, I was reminded of a couple examples of safety and health bloopers that are both humorous and horrible. Close quote. Oh, OSHA doesn't even need to exist if only those silly, careless workers would use some common sense. Blame the victim. Here we have an offshoot of social Darwinism, the right-wing doctrine that the poor are poor because they're lazy, immoral, and won't get educated. All of this fits into the right-wing myth about the establishment of federal regulatory agencies. You see, according to right-wing bedtime stories, everything was all hunky-dory. Workers were safe. All those who needed charity received it. All the needs of Americans were being taken care of by the genius of the free market and the ministrations of private charity. But those horrible liberals, wanting to control everything themselves, needlessly imposed a big government bureaucracy on the nation, and that bureaucracy has done a far worse job than the free market combined with charity had been doing, and could do again, if only we could roll back these liberal programs. Roosevelt is dead! His policies may live on, but we're in the process of doing something about that as well. Well summarized, Rush. Of course, as with most things right-wingers say, the exact opposite is true. Federal safety net programs and regulatory agencies were set up precisely because the free market and private charity were not solving dire problems. In the case at hand, with OSHA, 
Congressional hearings had revealed dangerous workplace conditions, and that's why OSHA was set up in the first place. And since the creation of OSHA, the rate of both injuries and deaths on the job have steadily declined. Behind the right wing's ideological posturing is the usual culprit, the desire to make more money. Safety regulations entail expenses that industries would rather avoid. And if we follow the money trail in campaign contributions, quote, three of the biggest industries regulated by OSHA, transportation, agribusiness, and construction, have given more than $630 million in political contributions since 2000, with nearly three-quarters of that money going to Republicans. The Bush administration has promised to address their concerns. Those industries obviously like what they see and hear from Mr. Folk, who can't emphasize enough that he, quote, firmly believes in limited government, close quote. A limited government? No, a government limited in its ability to protect the life and limb of American citizens. So where are we now with the bronchiolitis obliterans situation? A slew of lawsuits have been filed. Over 100 have been settled and more than 500 are still pending in several states. As far as Eric Peoples, quote, at a two-week trial in March 2004, lawyers for the makers of diacetyl products, International Flavors and Fragrances, and its subsidiary, Bush Boak Allen, maintained that the additive did not cause Mr. Peoples' illness and that, in any event, the popcorn company had mishandled the substance. Jurors awarded Mr. Peoples $20 million. His case was later settled for an undisclosed amount. Close quote. Some companies are now moving in the right direction, providing better ventilation, respirators, and other safeguards, but not thanks to OSHA doing anything. And two unions have filed a petition with OSHA demanding it establish an emergency temporary standard for diacetyl. Oh yes, what about you? What about preparing microwave popcorn? Is that dangerous? Does it release diacetyl fumes that you can breathe in and damage your lungs? Unfortunately, there's no published research on this, and a typical Bush administration bureaucratic stall is the reason. The Environmental Protection Agency announced a study on the issue in 2003. Now they say it will be out in the middle of this year. Don't hold your breath, or maybe do hold your breath if microwaving popcorn. Before we close, let's expand the frame and recognize that it's not just about OSHA. Across the board, Bush administration agencies ignore science, facts, and experience to advance their ideologically driven deconstruction of the government health and safety net. And human misery, suffering, pain, and death increases. Science said, reduce the amount of soot in the air over the long term. So does the most deadly particulate matter we breathe in, killing thousands every year. So what did the Bush agency do? Refuse to reduce the allowable amount. See Podcast 74. The facts said truckers should drive less hours continuously. Tire truckers cause a high percentage of accidents involving cars and trucks. So what did the Bush agency do? Increase the number of hours truckers can drive continuously. See Podcast 75. Experience said... Trap miners need 48 hours of oxygen to increase their chances of survival until rescued. So what did the Bush Congress do? Provide two hours of oxygen. Again, see Podcast 74. I sure as heck can't claim to know what's going on inside the head of right-wingers. 
but it's plain as day to me that their actions say we don't give a damn. The don't give a damn crew. To close, please keep in mind this is not about ideology. This is about flesh and blood human beings, like diacetyl victim Eric Peoples. Quote, Far from Washington, he finds the debate over the calculus of regulation, the cost to companies and consumers of upgrading workplaces versus the possible health benefits to workers, baffling. Mr. Peoples said, quote, I can't understand what it would take to get them to pass rules to make it safer to handle this stuff. Something needs to be done. Close quote. Yes, it does. With right-wingers in control of Congress, there was no real oversight of OSHA. The Democratic-controlled Congress is, thankfully, starting to exercise such oversight. Yet at recent hearings, OSHA defiantly told Congress that, quote, it was preparing a safety bulletin and would be monitoring diacetyl hazards at a few dozen popcorn plants, but not at the thousands of other food factories that use the additive, close quote. Much stronger action undoubtedly needs to be taken by OSHA. Hopefully Congress will force such action if the courts don't. I'll close with a nice shoe-on-the-other-foot analysis from a letter to the editor. Quote, Instead of low-wage factory workers getting seriously ill at microwave popcorn plants from exposure to the food flavoring agent diacetyl, let's imagine a different scenario. Business executives getting sick from exposure to some chemical related to golf or computers or cell phones. Three or four incidents and the response would be swift. OSHA's inaction and its claim that the science is murky about the connection between diacetyl and lung disease is another shameful example of this administration's arrogant dismissal of the health and safety of those without power. Close quote. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Power. Those without power suffer and die needlessly because when the right wing is in power, the only governmental concern is how can government serve those in power, not anyone else. We progressives must change this. Are you on board the Progressive Express? Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend. Tell ten friends about Blast the Right, and you all can go vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. There's a one-click link to do so on my podcast homepage. You get to the podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and I'm the first result. A special shout-out to all you Live 365 and Red Dragon 365 listeners. Great to have you on board. Why don't you go over to the podcast homepage, subscribe for free, and you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. I noticed some particularly moronic right-wing comments on my podcast 92. If you want to go read them and get a laugh, go right ahead. Maybe you'll even want to respond. That's, of course, on my podcast homepage. Music credits. The break music was My Girlfriend is No Ann Coulter by Lucky Man Clark and Not the One Blues by Bernshee Thornside. We'll close with a little bit of We Can't Make It Here by James McMurtry. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Special thanks to Tom Hartman for the Rush Limbaugh audio clip. Your email gets better and better, so keep it coming in. My address is rational at adelphia.net. 
I have fallen a little bit behind in responding, but be patient, I will reply. You can also call in and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. If you prefer, you can reach me on Skype. My name there is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. I'm stocking shirts in a Walmart store, just like the ones we made before. Except this one came from Singapore. I guess we can't make it here anymore. Should I hate a people for the shade of their skin or the shape of their eyes or the shape I'm in? Should I hate them for having our jobs today? No, I hate the men sent the jobs away. I can see them all now, they haunt my dreams, all lily white and squeaky clean. They never known want, they never known need. The don't stink and the kids won't bleed. The kids won't bleed in the damn little war and we can't make it here.